This is Natasha Oliver at Chapman CG, and I'm here with Matt Chapman and Oscar Fuchs to discuss some of the trends they're seeing around social media in the workplace. So let's get started. Social media is a very broad topic. Oscar, can you talk to us about some of the trends that you're seeing in the workplace around social media? Thanks, Natasha. Yeah, look, social media um, is now not a new topic. It's been around for a good, you know, five, ten years. Um, but we're seeing it have larger and larger impacts in the workplace. I think um, at the beginning, even when LinkedIn first came out, there were detractors who didn't quite know what to make of it. Now, most of the business community understands the power um, for positive or negative of LinkedIn. Um, but then we're even seeing this now move into other platforms, um, be it Facebook, um, be it Twitter, Instagram, all kinds of other media coming through. Uh, so to answer your broad topic, I guess, in a broad way, we're seeing it sort of come into the minds of HR and business leaders a lot more than it used to. And it's not something which you can just easily ignore. You have to have at least some kind of idea about what is our philosophy as a company? What is my personal philosophy as an individual? And how is that going to affect the way that I engage, not just internally, but externally in the wider market? Um, so I'd like to talk about a few of these themes as part of this discussion. Yeah, I agree with everything Oscar's said. I think in this day and age, we can't avoid the power of social media. So when we have people interviewing for jobs, they're always checking out the social media profiles of people um, that they're going to be interviewing with. Equally, people who are interviewing uh, candidates, HR candidates, are also increasingly trying to see uh, what they can find out from social media. This has a few implications. Firstly, it is important to have a profile on social media, particularly on LinkedIn. Um, someone who doesn't have a LinkedIn profile can give the wrong impression or even the right impression that they're not technologically literate and um, up to date with you know, new age thinking. But equally, we have to be very careful about what we put about ourselves on social media, recognizing that a lot of these things can be searched even within what are supposedly very tight networks. Um, so we can talk about that more later. HR is typically known for being more cautious and sometimes conservative. So given the pervasiveness of social media, what are you seeing? How do you, how do you see HR departments dealing with the fact that uh, social media is in the workplace? Yeah, look, I think you're right about HR. I think HR tends to be a bit nervous, um, especially when it comes to um, when it comes to this um, graying of the inside versus outside um, uh, aspect of social media. And I think that's the particular issue that we see coming up as a biggest problem. Uh, for example, you know, there are still some companies where you're forbidden to use certain social media sites uh, in the company when you're using work servers. Uh, and there are other companies who I guess you might call a little bit more modern in their regard where they're actively encouraged to use social media. In terms of the HR industry itself, where we see people who have really embraced social media, they do so with caution, but they do so um, you know, at least with some degree of comfort that there's some risks that they just can't avoid. And I think that's really where we are as an industry and also in terms of individuals. So some of these things might be, look, you know, I need to tell my business leaders to get their social profile updated and to keep you know, a very strong social media profile because we're going to use our business leaders to actually attract uh, people into our company and, and use social media aspects 
to um, enlarge companies so that people are proud to work in the company, but also to, to enlarge the people outside who might not know about the companies. And this is very important you know, for some multinational companies where in their global headquarters, they might be a little bit complacent about their brand. You know, they might think, you know, we're the king of the castle here in, let's say, New York or, or London, Frankfurt. It could be anywhere. But then when you go further away from the global headquarters, you know, it could be in Asia, it could be in uh, Middle East, it could be Latin America. The impact of that brand is just is not as strong as they might expect when they're sitting in their global headquarters. So we're seeing social media really try and redress that, um, that balance. Oscar, you were saying something about using social media for brand presence. Can you elaborate a little bit more about that? Are there any examples that you can give? <laughs> Okay, well, when I'm asked this question, I, I do come up with a very silly example, but it, there's a reason why uh, I do use that example, and that's um, Richard Branson. If you think about Richard Branson, and this is probably talking to people of a certain age, but you know about him as a businessman, so he owns a lot of these, or at least he set up a lot of the Virgin brands, very successful, we all know him in different contexts. Then you also know that, oh, hang on, you know, he's the guy who's interested in hot air ballooning. Um, you know, or you might know, oh, yeah, he's the guy who's got that um, that island in the Caribbean uh, and lots of superstars go and visit him. I mean, this example is what I use to where you know him uh, as a business person, but he is, has been very smart to um, to also sort of leak more information about his personal interests and about his uh, you know personal investments, personal situation. Not to the extent that you or I would ever know what Richard Branson is thinking or what he's like as a human being. Um, it's not to that extent. So it's a good example of how people are using social media in a way that isn't just dry, because if it's too dry, then you're not going to get much engagement. It's where you can blend the, the business side with actually this, this more engaging side. And I guess the reason I'm using Richard Branson as, a, as an example is that, you know, he was doing this in an age of, of conventional media. And that's you know, why we know all about him from people uh, of our generation. But you can now extrapolate this to some extent uh, in terms of each of us individually having um, the same ability to create you know, that same brand for our own individual personality. And I think as long as it can be managed in a way that it doesn't go off brand to what that person's trying to say with the company, then I think it can only actually add extra value, not just from an HR perspective, an engagement perspective, but it can also then have a business impact in terms of the goodwill of the organization and actually you know, increasing sales even. So there's a lot of knock-on effects um, as to how people can, can very cleverly use social media in that way about mixing this um, individual with the company? Is that something you think you can plan or do you think it has to come organically? It's a good question, Natasha. I think um, it should um, possibly uh, be built out organically through someone who can be identified in the organization, who, who has something to say, you know, someone who has interesting hobbies, someone who doesn't mind getting themselves out there in terms of um, sharing some of this information. Um, and someone who um, can also do that and link it back in to what the business's overall message can be. I think, I think where you do see it um, looking a bit forced, that's where I think the people who are following social media are quite canny. And I think um, they can sniff out when something is slightly more inauthentic. So I think what, what we're seeing HR leaders do is allow employees to have a carte blanche and go ahead and just 
um, communicate to um, social media as they as they think that they should. But then when they see someone who they feel is a great representative, then they can do certain things to amplify that person's message. So they can they can either retweet you know from their corporate Twitter account, or they can they can um, work in collaboration with that person and then have a, a different sort of message go out on a different social platform. Uh, and I think it's very clever the way that some companies are using different platforms in different ways. So you know using that example, you might have something quite pithy and small on on a Twitter, which is maybe a little bit funny, um, but gets to the point very quickly then you might um, want to back that up with some video content, which you might want to put on YouTube or, or on Facebook, which then has more of a viral quality. Or then you might want to approach the same thing, but from a more, uh, a more scientific or perhaps a more, uh, a more formal way. And that's when you might want to do a write-up of an article and then put that on a LinkedIn, for example, or another, another more sort of uh, business-centric social media platform. So it's, it's not just about using the individual. It's about knowing where to put that individual in, in what medium. That sounds really interesting, but it, it kind of begs the question then, this, this requires a lot of man hours to manage and then plan. So do you think or do you see people uh, within their organizations uh, adding to their role and to their responsibilities, this managing of social media? I think it's interesting, management. the management of social media, because it, it does fall between a number of um, disparate or even connected functions. So... You know, it sort of swirls a little bit between marketing, it swirls a little bit between uh, IT, it swirls a little bit between HR. So what becomes very important is the coordination uh, between those different departments and individuals. So what we often advocate is a social media excellence strategy which um, does transcend all of those different areas and pulls together some guidelines and um, best, best practice thinking. I think a lot of companies are still experimenting with how to um, efficiently run the company's social media strategy. I think what we also see is some sub-social media strategies within different areas of the company. So it might be representing a certain team or a certain country. Sometimes this has the real added advantage of appearing very specialized in that area, which can have a... Um, you know, an appeal to a certain external market, for instance, or a candidate market uh, relating to that to that area. But I think the key is just making sure that it's all linked up and cohesive. Because right? what you don't want is a sub team uh, having a different strategy to a team having a different strategy to a, to an organisation. Maybe I can also add to that because I think Matt's examples were really good. I think in terms of you know from where we are in the context of of a, an HR search firm. You know, when you look at social media and in terms of how it, how it can be managed, you know, the, the obvious example is LinkedIn. And, you know, we see a lot of companies who have tried to use LinkedIn as a, as a social media tool to, um, to do their own direct resourcing. And I think to some extent, you know, they have been able to plan resources around, around uh, how to use LinkedIn. So they'll have a certain part of the TA function, which will be, and dedicated towards LinkedIn, whether it's using it um, on the LinkedIn platform itself or somehow bringing the LinkedIn information into their internal platforms. Um, but I think the situation that we're seeing is that, um, you know, there is no substitute to, um, to actually knowing people. And I think this is the key thing about social media. You know, social media is a construct. And, um, you know, just like with the example I gave with Richard Branson, you know, he is putting that message out there, but to what extent it's true or not, you know, I think it just depends very much on the person. Now, of course, as I said, people, people can sniff out in, 
inauthentic behavior. But I think when it comes to search, for example, the, um, the thing you've got to bear in mind is that you can waste a lot of time. You know, I think people sometimes they, they write their online um, online um, uh, platform with with some degree of license so they might not be themselves um, very accurate about what they're saying that's problem number one problem number two is well they might be completely accurate but particularly in HR search you know we we don't really look so much about you know how people are on paper with with HR search it can be so much about people's um, you know personalities and um, people's skills in the softer side you know not just in terms of their HR operational excellence, but it's more about their communication skills. It's about their stakeholder management skills. Can these can they influence, you know, perhaps in more than one language uh, even? And this is where there can be a, a wastage of effort because a lot of companies who think they can do a lot of social media recruitment themselves, they have a certain element of success at a certain level. But what we find is when it comes particularly in HR, they can really go down um, you know, a, a plug hole when it comes to wasted time because they think they've got somebody who looks good on paper, but then in person, they don't meet any of the criteria that is needed in a modern international head of HR. So that's you know, a good example of where we see the limitation of social media, even though it's such a fantastic tool. Let's, let's switch subjects a little bit and talk about the candidates that you're seeing and how, how people are dealing with social media. So I think it might be safe to say that the millennials or the new generation of workers are, they've not known a time where most of their childhood there's been a Facebook or some type of social media presence. Um, but the older generation, the people that come with the experience and the know-how, how are they coping with social media in the workplace? I think it's very challenging, and it's fair to say that the generation who haven't grown up like the uh, millennials with technology coming uh, from every angle um, since as long as they could know are really struggling with um, the number of avenues they need to be across um, and how they actually cohesively uh, manage those uh, those platforms. The, the, the right attitude is to not just write it all off and stick with what they've known in the past. I think we've all got to be very open-minded. I think the strategy of sometimes less is more can apply. So, you know, it isn't a question of uh, needing to have a um, social media profile on every platform. However, there are some baselines. And so, for instance, when we talk about LinkedIn, it is important to have a LinkedIn profile um, and make sure that that profile is up-to-date and professionally written. Um, Equally, it's important to do a sweep of yourself on the internet and have a look at what comes up and work out if there's things coming up that you don't want, how you can actually control that. And I think it's going to be a big area of um, focus uh, in the future. Of course, the final thing is, if you don't know how to do any of this, get some help. So, you know, this is a real age where uh, Generation X and beyond um, the baby boomers can actually uh, use the millennials to their advantage and use them to guide and you know improve um, their, their their profiles. I think that's absolutely right, and I think you know what, what I see this whole subject as being when it when it applies to um, you know people who are in senior management positions is that it's actually it's a growing extension of the you know of the continued professionalization. Uh, you know, of the HR function, you know, would never have to have much of an image, you know, beyond their company. They were just these shadowy people who were, you know, doing 
a lot of the operational stuff, and then we're obviously doing a lot of the, the confidential stuff um, within an organization, but didn't have to necessarily be out there as an identity in their own right. Well, that's not the case anymore. You know, HR is expected to have a voice at the table, and with a voice comes a face. And this, you know, with image these days, it's not, it's not necessarily good enough to have, you know, a, a two-dimensional image. You've got to have an image which is not just internal but external, and this is where social media helps. So, you know, I do see this as just a, a growing thing where uh, HR is going to be more involved, just like all business people will be. And I think what Matt said is exactly right. I think, you know, now is a good chance for this generation to start to learn from the younger generation and reverse the way that, you know, perhaps they've been thinking. And, you know, we're, we're seeing um, companies do this, you know, using something which they call reverse mentoring, where, um, you know, where people who are, you know, in their 20s would actually hold workshops for the senior management team in their 40s and 50s, explaining to them, you know, exactly how these different um, platforms and technologies can work. Um, so I think the, the problem that the, the older generation tends to focus on is with oversharing, and that's definitely a problem. So if you look at, you know, the really young people coming through, they've been doing all kinds of things on social media, and, you know, we're talking about even you know the um, platforms like Snapchat and uh, and all kinds of um, of other programs which you know the, the the generations before wouldn't have dreamed of doing, and that does have a lot of risks uh, involved when you're entering into a professional environment. But I think we've heard all of those stories. I think where I think um, professionals need to focus more on is not the scare factor, uh, you know, not the knee-jerk reaction of of as you said before, HR being conservative and, and risk-averse. But actually, it's here. There's no, nothing's going to change. So how can we actually um, use this to our advantage? The Chapman Consulting Group was selected as one of the few companies to pilot Facebook at work. Matt, Oscar, do you want to tell us about that and how it's working out? Yeah, we're very fortunate to have a um, close relationship with uh, Facebook. And so uh, Chapman CG was one of 30 companies in the world uh, that was selected to a pilot for Facebook at work. Uh, we continue to test that product. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Facebook at work is almost like an internal Facebook. So something which your uh, employees can use to engage with one another. Uh, this continues to be a learning experience for us as to how we use it and how our employees use it. Some early, uh, some early um, findings are probably as follows. Um, firstly, we don't treat it as a formal network, so it really is an informal network. So it's very much almost like the playroom of our business. Uh, we also don't exercise control in terms of what's being posted. Uh, the groups have been set up somewhat unofficially. People who are interested in those groups join those groups. If there's no conversation going on in those groups, they may leave those groups. It's been very interesting to observe and learn as a CEO, more about you know what our employees are interested in, how engagement happens between them, what they post, uh, and you know like like everywhere, uh, it's just a question of being sensible. Now, some of our employees have chosen not to use this. Uh, this tells me a few things. One is maybe they're too busy to use it. Maybe they don't see any value. Uh, maybe they just haven't made the time to look at it. Whereas, of course, there's also some early adopters that are quite prolific users as well. So I think on the whole, the experiment around Facebook at work has been positive as a social platform uh, within our company, but we continue to monitor it as to whether it will be a long-term tool that we uh, have within our company. That's exactly right. I think that's a great um, summary of, of our findings so far. 
I think what I would say is, as this relates to the outside world, is that you know this this Facebook at work platform, which it, it, it does resemble an internal intranet more than an external social media platform, but it obviously has elements of of the two. But what it reminds me of is, you know, we we just like every matrix, and we're increasingly um, working in in um, in uh, in areas where we're not in the same office as our colleagues. So, you know, I could be working remotely in one country, but trying to work very closely with a team based perhaps in one, two, or even three other countries. And this is not unusual for people in, in HR or in any business roles um, in corporations. And what we see with Facebook at work, but also, you know, Facebook proper and other social media platforms, how they work is it's about creating these relationships. You know, HR people in particular at the global headquarters, they're often um, guilty of creating these um, structures where, you know, you have X reports into Y and you have this wonderfully clean looking organizational structure. But actually, it doesn't make sense because people don't know each other. And, um, you know, this is where, um, you know, people can really easily get into misunderstandings. And, and where we see um, companies work best is where they actually don't just rely on a on an organizational structure, but they try and, and encourage people to get to know each other better, you know? So somebody working in an Asia context, they might be at the front end of a business in Hong Kong, but, but they are being asked to, to create a, a relationship with somebody at the shared services office in India or in Philippines. And that means that when there is a glitch, they don't just have an us versus them attitude. They know the person sitting in Manila or, or in Gurgaon, and they can pick up the phone and say, hi, how are you? How's the family? Um, and by the way, can, we, can you help us to get this sorted? You know, behind every organizational structure, it is about human relationships. So this is really where we, we see social media platforms, both internally and externally, really helping um, to facilitate the modern world of matrix management and reporting. And that was Matt Chapman and Oscar Fuchs talking about social media trends in the workplace.